Thanks for downloading and listening to a Quick Timeout podcast presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. If you're in the market for a shooting machine, look no further than Dr. Dish Basketball's incredible lineup of shooting machines. Their CT, All-Star Plus, and Rebel Plus models have been bought by thousands of programs around the world, while their home model is being used by players all over the country, right in their own backyards and driveways. New to the lineup this year is the Dr. Dish facility model for those with basketball training businesses. These machines are must-have for those looking to take their shooting to the next level. To find out more, visit drdishbasketball.com. Welcome into a quick timeout podcast presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. It's great to have with us on the show, longtime college basketball coach Chuck Love. Coach, thanks for helping me to make this happen. Likewise, likewise. I really appreciate you guys, you having me on today. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, looking forward to it. So in, in several of his stops, Coach Love has oversaw player development for, for players at all positions. And so that's what I wanted to primarily talk with him about today. Coach, I think in the preseason, probably more so than any other part of the year, we as coaches are, are thinking about player development in regards to like the overall plan for our teams. Summertime, a lot of times can be a lot of players just get better is kind of our communication to them. But now as the season approaches, we're thinking more about developing players for what our team is trying to accomplish. What kinds of things are you doing with players early on here in the preseason to kind of get them acclimated to what you're wanting to do in, in those late September, early October months in the official practices? For sure. That's a uh, that's a really great question. And, you know, we always believe in, first of all, just having a collective you know, conversation as far as like, what do our players need? Um, this team, this year's team, I believe it varies from year to year. But as far as like, you know, trying to uh, look back and reflect on the summer, how the summer went as far as player development, um, you know, some team aspects that we put into the, uh, the system. You know, what was our strengths? What was our weaknesses? And, uh, you know, moving forward uh, each and every year, I wouldn't say every year, but I would say I kind of bounced back and forth. So as far as how much time do we want to spend on the individual as far as working on their strengths or working on their weaknesses, uh, but also implementing um, our team fundamentals as far as uh, we know that our guard play one through three was very uh, versatile. Uh, we want them to be able to, uh, you know, handle the basketball. We love shooters. Uh, we want them to be able to use the ball screen. Uh, any guard can lead the break. So it's very important to work on some of those skills at the beginning of um, our sessions, but also implementing things as far as, you know, what we're going to see in a, in, a, in a game as far as defenses, uh, how they're going to guard a pick and roll, if it's a drop coverage or if it's a strong hedge or if it's a, um, you know, a flat hedge or a trap or anything like that. So just implementing and working those things very, very early. Uh, you know, we know uh, we, we've uh, kind of statted a lot of things here in Nebraska um, as far as how many long closeouts uh, we were able to force. How are you able to attack uh, the, you know, the top foot of someone's closeout and just different angles. So we really try to focus on adding, uh, you know, I always say like uh, bones over uh, cones, you know, so we do a lot of live play. Uh, a lot of competitive drills um, early, but also we know it's it's early, right? So we're not trying to put a lot of plays in right now, but just very systematic. If we're lifting out the corner. Uh, how do we? How we're going to attack that closeout? If we're, you know, it's a baseline release pass. Are we? Are we shot ready? Uh, are we getting two feet into the lane? Playing off of two feet. We're really trying to drill those things uh, very, very early and be 
very um, uh, adamant and consistent with that. How does the individual skill development then kind of change to more so prepare them for the specific things that you all are trying to do offensively and defensively? Absolutely. So um, like you said, I think you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. I think the summer is kind of the grind, right? That's more the time where you're working on that individual skill play as far as, you know, asking the kids, having those great conversations, genuine conversations as far as always making them feel included, right? So during the summer, it's like, what do you feel like you need to work on? And now you kind of implement some of those things. But now when we're getting closer to the season, uh, of course, most of our returners know the system, know what we're trying to do. So, um, you know, every time in the preseason, you know, you're limited, right? You don't have those 20 hours a week. So there's very uh, limited time. So you have to be very, very efficient uh, when it comes to the player development aspect. So, um, you know, once again, sitting down with the players, getting on the same page, letting them know exactly uh, every individual workout when we when we come in they already know we're going straight to ball handling you know we're going to work on some ball handling and uh footwork every workout at the beginning uh first 10 minutes of it is going to be including some passes you know it might be a hook pass it could be a pocket pass because once again we do a lot of ball screens um and we want all of our guards to be comfortable with that and our bigs are learning how to you know sprint out uh sprint out of their uh rows or long rows or short rows or pick and pop we love uh post players that can shoot the basketball so um, really kind of diving into some of that, um, you know, we just we're just very strategic and just trying to be very efficient in that preseason when it comes to that uh, player development. So you said the phrase bones over cones and most of the people that probably listen to this podcast, they perk up. They love that. And I think most of us have realized the importance of just decision making in general and it being a skill that we need to develop. How do you teach decision making in your workouts? more so than just like I throw a defender out there so that they have to go against them? Absolutely. That's a great question. So if we're if if it was a situation where we're working uh, our ball screen progression, it's something once the season started, we do it every single day pretty much. So um, our ball screen progression is simple. We'll, we'll start on the wing and we'll just talk about level one. And level one is pretty much putting that defender out there. Um, when you're working on your pivot, you're getting pressured a little bit, just trying to you know, because I think a lot of times in a game, a lot of kids get sped up and uh, we just feel like, you know, let's let's just get pressure. Let's feel that pressure with that defender out there. Let's work on our pivots, uh, relaxing a little bit, and then we'll come with the post player to set that ball screen. Now, level one is pretty much can we can we um, pretty much force that defender and run them into that ball screen and just coming off for a clean layup? We'll work on different finishes that day. We could go. Uh, two foot, uh, two feet, uh, two foot jump stops in the paint. We can go floaters. We can go euro steps. You know, have a little fun with it. You know, that's level one. Level two, we add that second defender. That's that X five or the post player um, who's guarding that post player. I'm sorry, and we might show a different coverage as far as the drop coverage. Now we're working on those uh, those post players setting great angles on those screens. Um, you know, coming off, forcing those defenders to go over the top. Um, and now we're putting pressure on X5 where we can make pocket passes and different reads uh, to the basket. You know, you might have to come off and shoot a pull up. There's kids that feel comfortable doing that. There's other kids that want to get to two feet, shot fake and drop the pass down to the big rolling. So that's more level two. And then level three, we'll add an extra defender in the corner, strong ball side corner. And, uh, you know, we'll work on some lifts and 
will come off that ball screen once again. Now we have to read that um, X5, but we're also reading that second uh, secondary defender as well on that second line. Are they bumping early? Are they helping? Uh, did our did our screen? I'm sorry. Did our screen roller uh, roll hard and you know suck that defender over? Where now we can hit that hook, uh, make the hook pass to hit the kid lifting out the corner. So different reads like that. Um, and then you know you just continue to add on. You know you move to the other wing. You go to the slot areas. Um, and now you start to work on some of those closeouts uh, coming from that lift. You hit the lift kid, and now you're attacking closeouts. If we have a, a baseline drive or a middle drive to a pull up. Yep. Are there any other that you would like encourage coaches when it comes to decision making? These are kind of like the things that you should probably set up or manipulate so that they can make the right decision. Absolutely. We love uh, odd man breaks. There's a lot of uh, times that, you know, in the bas- in the in the game of basketball, you always want to create the advantage. Right. So how can we how can we create three on two opportunities, two on one opportunities. And uh, I think just playing and having an active defender out there where your kids either attacking the rim or coming to two feet to make a great decision. And uh, those are some things that we do um, with our, with our, with all of our kids. We like our post players, our fours, our fives, everyone to be able to make quick and sharp decisions. And uh, I just think playing a game of basketball and having more live, like I said, bones is better than just having cones out there. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you can get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats, in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal shooting percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Combined with HD quality, automatically captured film from the Huddle Focus smart camera, every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to learn more. In regards to guards versus forwards and the player development plan, did mm-hmm. you have those separate? And obviously, there may be like minor differences in how you develop, but I was interested to hear at the college level, do you almost view those as kind of almost being similar plans when it comes to developing your forwards versus developing your guards? For sure. I think a lot of it is uh, like a like we all do. Every Everyone does ball handling, right? Everyone does work, works on footwork. Everyone works on passing. But of course, there's going to be different movement movements as far as uh, we're not. Our fives don't really lift out the corner or anything like that. So they're going to go more, um, you know, short corners, uh, relocating different things like that. So the plan varies. It changes a little bit. But most of the time, uh, as far as our shooting regimen, um, as far as that type of plan or our ball handling, most of it stays pretty much the same as far as our forwards and guards. Now, uh, we've had in the past our four players are similar, are pretty much guards. They're, they, we like them to you know come down the trail post and be able to make a lot of decisions. Uh, we like to call it our second point guard because a lot of kids just don't like to hear that four player. They, they don't like being called a four player. But um, I would say that, uh, you know, they make a lot of decisions in that trail post area. But um, as far as handling the basketball, working those things, um, everybody works the same. Do you put guards and forwards separate when you have them come and do their small group workouts or do you like to mix it up? 
So we'll go more uh, one ones, ones, twos, and threes uh, on one end, and we'll go uh, with it with their position coach. And on the other end, we'll go more fours and fives. Now, if we're doing something where we're working that day or that week on our four out offense, we'll have four guards together, um, or one through four. I'm sorry, down on one end, and then our five will be on the other end working on different seals and different finishes at the basket. But majority of the time, they're split up. You and I were talking beforehand about film and the importance of like teaching players to watch film. Yeah. And I know people would be interested to hear at a D1 level, what does a typical film session look like? I'm assuming that you, we didn't talk about this, but I'm assuming that you do like one-on-one -on -one film sessions in addition to the group stuff that you do. What mm -hmm. does that look like when you're working with that player one-on-one? -on -one? I know it'll be different based maybe on their position or what you're going over that day, but any kind of example you want to use, I think people would, would enjoy that and maybe give them some ideas of how to teach these things, whether it's skill, decision-making, that sort of thing. Absolutely. Um, you know, building your IQ, I feel like, you know, you have to become a film junkie, you know, and if you're watching film on your own, it's great. But if you have someone that can really break some some things down with you, um, I think it's it's. Uh, it's genius. It's, it's really smart to have to have someone with you helping in just different eyes, view view of uh, eyes that can just see the see the court, see the uh, you know decisions that you're making on the basketball court. If you're you know you're going too wide on a um, you know you're going too wide on a drive. If it's not clipping hips, you know did you how was your angle on something? So like you said, I think it varies from player to player. Uh, we've had guards to come in and you know we'll sit down and it's like a twenty minute session. We don't want to go two more, no longer than 20 minutes. Maybe sometimes it's 10 to 15 minutes, to be honest with you. And uh, of course, we have a video coordinator that breaks everything down. And uh, everybody wants to talk about shots, right? You know, so if it's a day where we're working on like shot selection, how was your shot selection? Were you getting to your spots? Were you able to shoot an uncontested shot? Were you able to get to the basket and finish right hand, left hand? Why did you miss this layup? Maybe it's because of the angle. So when we sit down first, you know, of course, it's all about, you know, co connecting with the player. And it's like, OK, let's have a conversation. You know, what did you see right here? And first, we like to let them, you know, be the coach sometimes, you know, sit back, let them be the coach. Um, talk to us what they felt, because we can see one thing, but they feel another. So it's just very important uh, for that communication. So when we're watching film, uh, I'll let a play just kind of I'll just let a, uh, a clip just play. And uh, I won't say anything and I'll just try to hear from them and I'll ask the player like, so what did you see right there? What did you what did you do wrong? What did you do right? Just talk to me a little bit and they'll go into detail as far as, well, um, I thought that time, you know, if it's a six one player, they like to play up high. They don't like to play low. They uh, will see that the defense got into their hips. Now they had to shoot kind of a uh, fadeaway shot outside the lane. And it's like, well, what could you have done differently? We'd like to put once again the, uh, the ball in their court. And then they talk to us about like maybe my first step should have been a little lower, a little bit longer, a little bit wider, where I can really get into their hips, into their body, so I can stay inside the lane line to be able to finish um, outside my frame. So uh, those are some things that we kind of talk about, the discussions that we have. If it's um, defensively, which I love uh, talking defense because the kids, they really didn't like the, uh, the defensive uh, uh, concepts of everything that we talk about. But once again, how was your closeout? Did we... You know, did you uh, win the bounce? We always talked about winning the bounce, the first bounce. When someone takes the dribble, were you getting your hips into their uh, hips, making them feel very uncomfortable? Um, did you call shot? Did you contest the shot? 
you know, we track all those things and our video coordinator will have everything kind of laid out as far as what do we want to talk about today with this kid? And uh, we'll first meet as a coaching staff to discuss as far as what do we want to attack that week? And that's how we kind of just plan accordingly as far as uh, who we're going to bring in that day or and watch individual film with them. But once again, during the season is great, but preseason, of course, you're always on a time crunch where you can't watch a lot of film just because they count the hours. I was at a clinic this last week and heard the co a coach say the exact same thing about asking questions. And I think that's important for us as coaches, especially like young coaches, because we have all the solutions already. And so we want to tell them, yeah. like, this is what you did wrong. This is how you should change. That's like, right. Just asking them about like what you saw here, I think can improve their decision making and IQ as they give a response back. And to your point, like they may have seen something that we didn't or helps us understand, OK, I can see why you made that decision and then kind of lead them through making a better decision uh, later on. And I, I don't know, at least I didn't when I was younger. It was more about like, here are the five clips. I'll tell you what needs to change in these five clips. All right, let's go out there and execute type of thing. Well, so those days are over with. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. You have to make them feel included. And, uh, you know, I just think, once again, we're trying to be build leaders, right? And they're a human being, and you want to make sure that they feel very involved and their voice is heard. Yeah, yeah, really important for that learning process as well. Sure. Anything change in regards to maybe what you do now in player development than what you, you did in the past five, ten years ago? One thing that we learned that that helped um, us a lot in the player development, um, just being honest, I don't know if this is bad or not, but uh, we weren't signing just a ton of All-Americans. So, you know, player development was very, very huge for us um, in that regard. So we had to be very efficient, very strategic um, with that. So I would say, you know, we've always every individual workout, um, every, um, you know, skill training session that we had, we will always set up a camera along with a computer and we'll have kind of a delayed, um, delayed kind of uh, add some delayed uh, live play on there. So it would be like a 10 second, maybe five second delay. And once again, I feel like kids love to see themselves, right? They love looking at themselves. If it's TikTok, if it's so, any type of social media, they love watching themselves. So we'll have a camera kind of set up and on a, on a, and it'll be set up on like a, a, a TV screen that we had in our gym. And what we'll do is we'll kind of do the exact same workouts that we've been doing. We'll work on if it's ball handling, if it's, uh, you know, attacking hips, you know, playing off a jab step, playing off the two feet, whatever we're working on that day, if it's finishes, we'll, uh, we'll be, we'll re be recording right there on that film. And what we'll do is uh, after we get done, like maybe, one or two, uh, or maybe sometimes three, because I don't like to, I like to work for perfect reps. I don't like to just do reps where they're not uh, getting better or going to translate over to the game. So we'll stop it right there and we'll walk over to the screen and we'll watch it because a lot of coaches say, you know, you'll hear them say like, you're not playing low enough or you're not, you know, you're not getting your hips into your shot. You're not attacking your feet on your shot. But those kids, like they don't really, know like know what you're talking about at that time like they might not feel it they might feel that they're low in a stand so we'll go over to the film and once again we'll watch film kind of like how we're watching the screen right here and they'll see them going through the action and we just found out that when you can do that when you can have that uh that feedback right away instead of waiting until the next day to watch film i think that helped us a lot and that's something that i've done uh for the last few years uh just just in player development um as far as, uh, you know, helping kids get better. I'm always asked about shooting drills. Is there anything that comes to mind that you guys did that, that, that the girls enjoyed 
maybe added to that competitive piece that you're trying to look for easy enough that you can destroy, describe for somebody that's not necessarily seeing it. Absolutely. Uh, there's there's a drill. Uh, you use two in a row. So you got your five spots on the court. Uh, the first time we'll we'll have we'll put one minute on the clock because everything that we like to do, you know, we want to win. We want to be competitive. Uh, just create that environment. And I think, uh, you know, the, the girls, they, they loved it. Right. So you'll put one minute on the clock. Uh, they have to shoot at all five spots and they have to make two in a row. Now, if they miss the first time, we'll go if they miss three in a row, they have to go all the way back to the beginning. And so uh, they, they'll go all the way around and then we'll add a layer on top of that. And we'll put two minutes on the clock. It'll be two minutes shooting two in a row. And it just kind of helps them to be able to lock in and focus uh, on perfect form. We give them perfect passes. This is not a drill where we're throwing uh, bad passes because there is a drill that we like to do. when it's like a we call it bad pass series. And, uh, you know, sometimes it might hit your left shoulder, your right shoulder. But can we get right to that shooting pocket and shoot a perfect shot? So this is all kind of perfect shooting. But we want two in a row to be able to lock in and focus and, uh, you know, beat the time and compete against each other and see who gets the quickest time. How much did you all emphasize? And by emphasize, everybody says they emphasize, but I'm talking yeah. about like time uh, shooting into either player development type stuff or into your practices. Yeah, we did. We we did that a lot, actually. Uh, you know, we always talked about, uh, you know, game, game shots, game speed, game spots, um, and everything was pretty much time. There was times where, you know, we can do, we'll do like a full court drill and we'll put, um, say, 10 seconds on the shot clock. And we want to get up and down into our triggers, where we like to call it our triggers, um, as far as like when, when we're in the scoring area, um, swinging a basketball, one extra pass, uh, attacking baseline to a quick uh, shot in the corner or something like that. So I would say in practices and skill work, time is very, very um, crucial. Last thing before I let you go here, where can people connect with you on social and kind of tell them like what you're doing now? Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. So as of right now, I'm doing a lot of consulting with uh, with families, you know, young men, young women, uh, both uh, have a few clients uh, on both sides. And what I'm doing right now is, um, you know, everybody talks about the transfer portal. Right. That's a lot of coaches uh, coaching talk right there. And I feel like, you know, everybody talks about the problem, but who's 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 trying to solve it? Who's who's trying to come up with the solution? So I felt like, um, you know, a lot of kids make decisions based on you know, this name of the university or what that what 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 uh, can this university give me or this and that. But I think it all boils down to relationships. Right. And I felt like uh, during this process now I'm building a ton of relationships, networking with a lot of people throughout the years. I've connected and networked with uh, plenty of coaches and just people in this profession where, um, you know, I've met a lot of good people along the way. And it's about now. How can we truly, truly help these kids? How can we truly help them reach their goals and pick the right schools? So um, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Of course, I love being in the trenches with them as far as like workouts. I still feel like I'm young and I can still play a little bit. I have a 16-year-old um, boy myself who's going through the recruiting process and uh, he's actively getting recruited. Uh, he picked up a couple of offers uh, after his freshman, uh, his 15U season. Uh, he played with uh, Mocan. Uh, Nike EYBL team out of Kansas. Um, and so once again, going through that whole process, it's like, let's make the right decision, um, you know, for for this kid, for this particular kid. And let's not just go because your friends go in there because it might not be a great fit. So once again, I like to get down in the trenches with them and work these kids out, uh, teaching them some of the skill development that we worked on uh, in Nebraska and previous spots where I've been. 
um, and and uh, media training. That's another thing. Learning how to talk to the media when uh, they're asking you about a game. You might have had a bad game, but you guys won or you might have lost. But it's like, how are you going to respond to the media? Um, I had a kid the other day um, ask why well, I asked him a question. I just asked him, what are the most important thing that he's looking for when it comes to college? And he didn't know. He's a junior in high school and he's he's getting recruited by some uh, NAIAs and uh, D2s, but just had no clue, had no idea. And I think a lot of these families, uh, if you haven't been through the process, if you don't know, um, I'm willing to help. So uh, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Uh, yeah, I'm on, I'm on social media. I'm on Twitter and uh, Facebook, and I've still got the Facebook. I don't know if you have it or not, Coach, but I still got Facebook. I'm not on TikTok or anything like that, but I am on Instagram and, and Twitter as well. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing. And the biggest thing for me is is word of mouth. You know, I'm not just out here putting a lot of film out or anything like that, but if you talk to any of my clients, if you find or hear about a client that's working with me, um, you know I'm all about the relationship and helping people. That's Coach Chuck Love. Great stuff, Coach. A lot of practical stuff. I appreciate you working with me to make this happen. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Coach. I really appreciate you.